Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on the 1189 podcast. We're calling it that because there's 1189 chapters in the Bible, and we are going to do all of them unless we die first. Mm. Um, why don't we introduce ourselves? My name's Landon, and I'm a Bible teacher, and I'm just excited to be here. I'm Becca. I'm in youth ministry, love marketing, and I'm stoked to be here. Yep, and Becca is here because Amanda is sick. That's why I'm here. Got it. Sorry. Uh, that's I what happened. call out in order for me to be here. That's what happens. Well, actually, two people called out. But, okay, you know. third choice. We don't have best. a depth chart. Okay. Um, I am Nick, and I am um, the second mustache on the podcast. Landon being the first, Logan being the third. That'd be good. We would love for you to leave in the comments a mustache ranking. So if you, if you feel free, just, you know, rank us. Rank our mustaches. That'd be great. Okay, and then I'm Logan, and I'm probably the third best mustache. Good. That's your that's that. your intro. I guess so. Yeah, that's what just was kind of like on. own it. He got too scared like, from the last time. Yeah, <laughs> he had to redeem himself. We, we had to film it three times, and it was like if we have to film an intro three times, how are we gonna do this? It just all of us were kind of calculating. This is not going to go well mm -hmm. if this is what happens every time Logan well, says back, a thing. So. Good thing we have edits and post. Logan also is the best, so that's just kind of a thing. All right, why don't you guys grab your Bibles? If you're watching, why don't you grab your Bible and open to Ezekiel chapter 4. Uh, we left off last week uh, at the end of chapter 3. So here is um, a quick overview of what happens in the book. Now, sometimes if you're uh, watching at home or listening at home, you'll notice that I slightly change it. That's because I... Um, while whilst I am writing, sometimes I change the outline just a little bit. And then instead of going back and like making them all match, I just leave it because I think it's actually like learning. And so for for anyone that like needs everything to be perfect, I know that that will bother them. And so I just wanted to, to tell them that those are my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for the shout out. Totally. Like the kind of people that like can't watch a podcast if someone's like shoes are untied, like they're in mm. emotional turmoil. <laughs> like measurable doctor level pain. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. It is. It is. Um, okay, so the book of Ezekiel is a prophetic book about um, Ezekiel and the punishment of the Israelites um, based around the concept of God's glory. And so we see that God's glory calls to the prophet. That's what we did last week, um, the last two weeks, um, the last two eps. Is that the language we should use? I think ep. Epi feels very Epi. 2008. Yeah. It's like Epi pen. I was going to say, I feel yeah. like I should have an allergic reaction in an Epi pen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it is such a, the context is so far different that I wouldn't actually think about an Epi pen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and plus Nick is Gen X, so he doesn't think that sickness is real. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's like one step removed from Boomer. <laughs> so yeah. close to Boomer. Just a, co just a close shave. He is like the boomeriest Gen X person I've ever mm. met. And I mean that as a compliment. I think you. I have my moments. Mm. I also dabble in the Gen Z a little bit as well. He's hip. He's cool. Thank you. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Like I can see that. Like I could see you doing a dad joke and then like unironically saying no cap and I could see it working. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I really could accept that. These are all true. I feel like Thank he's you. already done that. Yeah. Right. Although that's quickly, it's because I, for, for the last five years of my life, had teenagers in my house and now I don't have teenagers anymore in my house. So I find my cultural relevance is, is like behind. Like I still think it's funny to gritty and it's not, it never <laughs> hits. So I'm, I'm, I, need, I need new content. Something about the Gen Z people when you say the word gritty. I know. <laughs> I was just say that was right. kind of funny. Yeah, they just cringe. I'm against it. I, 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 I'm not a fan of it. Um, I'm an anti-grittier as well. Okay, so um, everyone everyone who's watching the podcast is like, can you just put in the comments when you guys actually like start talking about like real things so I can just fast forward, <laughs> yeah, so I can just skip ahead. So Content like, just, like, starts at 210. Yeah, chicanery <laughs> zero, 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 0001, Bible study, three minutes and 32 seconds. So... Uh, we actually left off at chapter 3, verse 22, and so we're going to look at that really quick, but we're mostly jumping into this large section here, which is the glory departing from God's city. Now, keep in mind, you have to remember and understand, Ezekiel is already in exile, and there has been a 700-year promise from God through Moses that if you don't obey the covenant, you will be kicked out of the land, right? So when you're reading the Old Testament, you're like, oh my gosh, like, 
I can't believe they didn't just get kicked out for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when it happens, a lot of times when people are like, why did they go into exile? It's like, no, no, no. Why didn't they go right. into the exile all of the time leading up to this, I think is a better uh, biblical question. Mm -hmm. So let's look at chapter three, verse 22. And the hand of the Lord was on me there. And he said to me, arise, go out into the valley, and there I will speak with you. Um, so I, I arose and I went out into the valley, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there like the glory that I had seen by the Kibar Canal. So this is calling back to what happened in chapter 1. And I fell on my face. So it's like um, what, what uh, Hebrew scholars call an inclusio, which is to mark the end of a thought movement. They will put something that happened at the beginning. It's actually a thing people do in English, too. Mm -hmm. It's the way they taught me how to preach. I don't do it usually, but they said that you call back to your introduction in your close, and they would consider that like a closed loop. Oh, interesting. And so mm -hmm. obviously it happened, but when he's yeah. writing it, he puts it in there because of that thought process and pattern. But the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. He spoke with me and said to me, go shut yourself within your house. Every introvert's dream. <laughs> Every introvert, when people are like, COVID was so hard, they're like, was it? That's, yeah, totally. They're like, any introvert that didn't have kids and has an indoor hobby, they were like, this, is this heaven? This is amazing. <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So God says, go shut yourself in your house, verse 25, and you, O son of man, remember, that's important. If you like to underline things, underline every time it says son of man. And if you use colors like I do, underline it in red, because that's like the, the, one of the, the most Christological elements of the book of Ezekiel. Behold, cords will be placed upon you. He's like, what? He's like, go shut yourself within your house. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And cords will be placed upon you. He's like, you're going to be tied down. He's like, ah, I knew it was too good to be true. Yeah. And and just wait. Like, just some of the stuff God asks him to do is so just, like, awkward and sad. Like, it. this poor guy. I just read ahead. I, yeah. I didn't mean to spoil oh, it for myself. Man. This is what I do when someone asks me to preach at, like, a Pentecostal college. I'll preach from a passage like this, and I'll be like, so mm -hmm. all of you guys, like, every single chapel service are like, I want to be a prophet. Do you still, though? Right. Maybe not. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I, not. Um, so wait a second. Does he tie himself down? Cords will be placed upon you. You know, it really doesn't say. So either someone is tying him down or he's yeah. tying himself down. It really doesn't yeah. say. Maybe like a mean guy. Yeah. Yeah. As the introvert who like, all right, Lord, you had me at go shut yourself in, the, in your house. I would have questions like, all right, these ropes. I would yeah. just talk about this for a minute. <laughs> he doesn't have any questions, though. It's kind of crazy. Like, he's just yeah. like, so I went and I did that. And it's like, totally. If you heard that, are you dying yourself down in your room because you felt the hand of the Lord upon you to do that? Totally. And that's like what super conservative parents use to manipulate their children. They're like, see, <laughs> Noah did everything that God said. And yeah. I am God to you. <laughs> right. So when I tell you to go, you know put that bread in the trash, you not doing it is like Noah not building the ark. They're the same thing. Yes. And all of humanity would die. Yeah. That's right. Do that. That's right. The world is all upon you making your That's bed. That's right. Put the bread in the trash. <laughs> yes. Okay. And you'll be bound with them so that you cannot go out among the people. I will make the your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth so that you will be mute and unable to reprove them for they are a rebellious house. Now, awesome. what, what we see after this is we see, excuse me, we see this come back in chapter 24 and 25. But from this time until the full exile of the Jewish people, Ezekiel only talks when God gives him something to say. So you'll see him talking, but it's only because the Lord told him to say something. And that's very clear in the text. So when it says you'll be unable to speak, it means that he doesn't, he doesn't have any non-spiritual conversations, if that makes sense. I, quick question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth. This is figurative language, like just describing that you won't be able to talk. I, I think so, yeah. But if someone wants to take it literally, I, I have no problem with that. I think that sometimes God uses little pictures like that to describe what is happening. Yeah, that's good. I like but that. If someone, if someone said definitively they think that his tongue actually clung to the roof of his mouth, I, I would have no problem with that. I just I don't see it like that. That just seems like bad from a sleep apnea standpoint. Like, yeah, hard if to you eat. try just putting it in the tongue to your mouth for an extended period of time, mm -hmm. you start to feel like you're suffocating. 
Yeah. So I'm going to be with you in the metaphorical camp. <laughs> totally. Interesting. Totally. Then you can just do what a lot of people do and just take anything you don't like in the Bible and be like, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's, a metaphor. it's not literal. Yeah. It's a metaphor. It's like, uh, be nice to your kids. Metaphor. Metaphor. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. metaphor. Because nice. I've had a long day. <laughs> what do we mean by kids here, technically? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's so funny. And that's exactly what the person says to Jesus. Remember, he says, who is my neighbor? Yeah. And exactly. Jesus is just like, oh, I'm going to dunk on this guy. Yeah. Like, it's too good. Uh, so I will make the uh, your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth so that you'll be mute and un unable to reprove, reprove them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth and you will say to them, thus says the Lord God. Now, um, that is uh, a repeating phrase in the book. So you're going to see, thus says the Lord God a lot. So he is following these directions. He who will hear, let him hear. And he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. Now, this is the challenge of a person who is a prophet, because God, it just straight, just take prophecy and God speaking directly to people out of the equation. The, there's a lot of content in the Bible that people just don't want to hear, right? And I'm not saying that we should say it to people with no context, with no grace, and just like jam it in people's faces. But we do have, uh, as preachers and proclaimers of God's word, we have an obligation to communicate what the Bible says is the full counsel of God and not just to pick and choose the parts that are easiest for us. And I think that this is the hardest part of a person who has a prophetic gift. It's, it, I do think it's harder than the performances because what he is, God is going to tell him to say things to his friends that no one would want to say to their enemies. And he has to do it without editing. Just say it. Mm. Just say it like I'm saying it. To which mm. someone went reply, well, why didn't God just tell them this himself? He already did. Mm. He already did. The prophet is another opportunity mm. from a different standpoint for them to listen to the voice of God. And then did you see in the text there where it says, he who will hear, let him hear? No. Who does that sound like? I feel like that's all over the Bible. It is. And it's Jesus uses that phrase. Sometimes he says, he who has ears he to hear, let him right. hear. But he uses that Matthew 11, Matthew 13, Mark 4, twice, Luke 8, Luke 14. And then it's all over the book of Revelation. So um, <clears throat> here we go with the performance art. You guys ready? Let's do it. Chap four, it's a quick review. There you go, Logs. Love it. You like summary slides, Logan? Yeah, that's great. How many women do you think that watch this podcast are assuming in their hearts that they are your wife? Because <laughs> the, answer, the, the answer is not none. <laughs> yeah, the answer is, is not none. Can we flash up, hey Harrison? Can we flash up Logan's email address? The <laughs> or bottom? his Instagram handle? Email me. Yes. Do you want to? Do you want an email, or do you want them to contact you on Instagram? I'd like an email. Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Logan. Logan L. You don't check your email. <laughs> Mission. It would be cool though if I got an email because <laughs> it'd stick out from the other. <laughs> then he might actually. His look DMs at it. <laughs> you just get buried in the totally. other cloud yeah. of DMs that are already in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, his professional work email, that'll stand out because he never gets an email. That'll stick out. <laughs> yeah. I like that too. I like the idea that someone would write like a very official email. Yeah, that'd be one, good. One time I had this, this guy hosting the college ministry I was leading and um, he couldn't be there for one of the nights. He was like a good looking dude and he was single. And so as a joke, I did the announcements and put up his phone number. I was like, I know a lot of you women want to talk to Zach. And someone actually texted That's him hilarious. and actually like shot her shot and tried. That's great. We Good for her. We used to have a, uh, back in the day, I made like a group finder tool on our website. Like if you're looking for a community group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. would select all these options that applied to you and it would populate the kind of groups that were a fit. And I had a um, an array where if you selected like single female in your 20s, um, it would be the uh, the employee profile of one of our graphic designers who at the time <laughs> was was hopelessly single. And it was just like his picture. It's like, meet totally. Isaac. Meet Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> and that was on the site for a while. I don't know if he got any bites on it, but that's not so much about him as it is. You're just trying. The of that site. You're just trying. Good for yeah. you. Like, yeah, way it, to go to bat for my guy Isaac. Yeah. yeah. Co-pilot, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into chapter four, and this begins the performance art prophecies. So that's like my language. Um, 
I think it's it's a, a really helpful way to help people understand what's going on. So God tells him to do these things. And because he's a prophet, people are interested in what he's doing. And because he's performing these things in public, it effectively, I see it as God's mercy through a very unique, weird lens. And it's not the only place that God uses symbolic actions to deliver his message. We see that in Jeremiah. We see that in 1 Samuel 15 with the tearing of the robe. We see that at the end of Judges, which if you're faint of heart, I would advise you not to read that. I've always thought that if someone made the book of Judges into a movie, most Christians wouldn't see it because it would be so like aggressively violent. The NC-17. And there's just something to me that's intriguing about that. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in you know, parentheses... Prostitute cut. In 12 <laughs> it's just pieces. as casually prostitute cut in twelve pieces. For totally. those of you listening, um, yeah, that that does not seem like a sentence that belongs in parentheses. Yeah, yeah, it needs it needs like it needs a headline. It and it needs like a footnote and a lot of explanation. Yeah, double click this for more information. It's actually like a really wild and very sad passage. But if you do read the book of Judges, the book of Judges is about the collapse of God's nation. And so this action that happens, which is horrible, is an action that shows what is going on. The 12 pieces are the 12 tribes of Israel. They actually mail a bloody piece of the human person to each of the tribes. Holy That's smokes, not something man. you That's want crazy. in your mail. Totally. <laughs> Wor- and then, maybe worse than the Unabomber. So, to which, like, the average Christian would be like, well, why don't they, why have I never heard about that? It's be like, because your pastor is terrified of saying <laughs> that to you, and I'm on his side. <laughs> yeah. And this is why you don't quit your Bible through a year reading plan. Right. Totally. You all quit you in Leviticus. What... Next year, quit in Judges. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know what's out there. Yeah, make it there. Wow. So then we see this is the repeating phrase, you will know that I'm the Lord. That is a repeating phrase that continues throughout this entire section. So let's look at chapter four. You son of man, take a brick, lay it before you, and grave on it a city. So he's building like a model. You know, think of like a brick, you know, just like a normal sized brick. And he is building a model, put siege works against it. So he's got, you know, little little toys, little things build a siege wall against it and cast up a mound against it, set camps against it and plant battering rams against it all around. Take an iron griddle and place it as an iron wall between you and the city. Set your face toward it. Let it be in a state of siege and press the siege against it. This is a sign for the house of Israel. So now we have the first of the performance arts, and these are going to continue throughout the book. So we're going to continue to see these all throughout, um, not, not like through, through the entire book, but through this section, we are going to see a bunch of these. They are, this one is one of the more tame of all of them. And um, it's, a, it's a relatively unique thing in the Bible. I don't know if there's anything else that I have seen that is quite exactly like this. And this is one of the reasons why I chose this book to teach because it stands out to me and I love, um, yeah. So is he going to sort of be in like a public place and people are going to pass by him doing these things? That's exactly right. So he's not tied up anymore. Um, so the, the, the tying up thing is, a, thank you for the question, it's a summary statement of something that is about to happen also. Gotcha. So it's like Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. In mm-hmm. Genesis 1, there is like, this all happened, and then Genesis 2, it's like zooming in on something right. that's a part of that narrative thread. Okay. Okay. So yeah, totally. I really appreciate the question. So he's to, he's to build a, like, a, like a model of the city and then get an iron, a, p- a big chunk of iron and push against it. Exactly. That's exactly right. And what he's doing is he is showing the fall of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which is a massive thing. It's their capital city. It's a it's a very big deal. And um, it is a thing that's going to happen. So we're going to see um, that happening in chapter 24. And then we're you can also see that in um, uh, the book of Lamentations, which is basically exclusively all of that. Um I had an artist draw a picture 
of each of the times that someone uh, that he does a performance art and um, I can't find it uh, because I am the worst so imagine doing all of that work and then being unable to find it <laughs> sorry artist just I'm sure it was great we did well we showed it yeah, I've showed it before I'll get I'll get it I'll get it so um, then lie on your on your left side and place the punishment of the house of Israel upon it. For the number of days that you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I assign to you a number of days, 390 days, equal to the number of years uh, for their punishment. So long shall you bear the punishment of the house of Israel that when you've completed these, you'll lie down a second time, but on your right side and uh, bear the punishment of the house of Judah. 40 days I assign you, a day for each year, and you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem with your arm bared, and you shall prophesy against the city. And behold, I will place cords upon you. So now that's that part coming back. Mm. And uh, so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have completed the siege. Now, some people think that he did this nonstop and literally laid in place. I see it as like a daytime performance. So I see it as like a thing that he did all day. And when the sun went down, he was able to stand up and go back to his bed. Either way, it doesn't really matter. It's a, it's, it's very obvious what God is doing here. God is showing him um, like, oh my gosh, like you are going to show these people exactly what is going to happen to them. Does that make sense? Is that apparent? Mm -hmm. I wonder what the reaction was in the community because mm -hmm. like, did they have a reference point and a sort of like knowledge of who Ezekiel was? Where it's like, okay, he's actually doing something significant here. Maybe we should be worried. Or if it's like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Let's like mock him. Let's throw things at him. Yeah. If he, it, it, if he's just a dude that the kind of dude in the town that people would expect him to go out and build a model yeah. and then just lay on his side all day. Totally. They might just not even think anything about the it. town right. nutcase. Yeah. There has to be a reason why God <laughs> right. chose him to do this. That, you know, maybe even, you know, preparing like something about his, you know, personality or his previous work that would draw people to pay attention to what it is that he's doing. Totally. And like, I'm sure people had questions too. Like, bro, what do you do? Like, how do you, I mean, personally, lying on my, on one side at night for more than like 30 minutes and it, like, that's painful. I'm, <laughs> I'm awake and I'm, and I'm rotating. Yeah. I, either way, whether it's for 390 days straight or just something he does as a nine to five. Sounds incredibly unbearable and is going to yeah. draw a lot of attention. Yeah. And like, what did the people of Jerusalem like think of that? Like coming to know like what he was doing and laying on his side for them to know what Jesus is going to lay upon them. I'd be like, wow, like one guy did that for us to show us what was going on. Like God placed that upon his heart. I would kind of feel a little confused and like, wow, like he's a really good servant of the Lord to listen to him and do that for us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd probably mock like, him. But I you do. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. at the end, like, once they, like, oh. they go through it and they're like, wow, yeah. Ezekiel did that because God placed that upon his heart. And now we, like, should have listened to him. You know, looking back at me, like, we should have listened to him. Listened. We should have looked at him. We shouldn't have mocked him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do think that that, I do think the conversation we're having, like, kind of sounds like we're joking. But I do think that that is exactly the type of conversations right. that people would have had. Just imagine totally. it. Just imagine in our context, if there's a person, like, performing on our church property, the security people would probably be, like, all stressed out, and they would, like, ask the guy to leave. Like, it's just, you know, in normal society, it's not a thing that people do. Right. So, um, I found it. I found the picture, guys. Oh, sweet. Um, but I have to exit out of this. This is, like, yes. Check it. Oh, wow. So I worked with this really cool artist named Casey Fritz. So I actually have uh, one of these for every single one of these um, things. But here you, you can just kind of picture it. He's just kind of, it's just like, yeah, a guy's kind of reliving his childhood here. He's kind of hanging out and he's kind of, you know, just building something. And then he did another one that I thought this one is probably my favorite one. Um, here's another one. This is the the next mm -hmm. one that we're about to read in there. So uh, verse four, um, uh, which is uh, what we just read, lie on your side for 390 days. I love the way the artist 
interpreted this yeah, and it's cool. interesting because did you notice the numbers in there those numbers are the exact amount of time um, of various things so 390 days one for each year uh, it's been 390 years from David and Solomon till this moment wow. so he's like it's indicating something that people would understand in the same way I don't know how many years it's been since, you know, the Civil War, for example, but if someone was doing that, do you get what I mean? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, wow, like that's the exact amount of time that's for really that cool. thing. And then 40 was the time of uh, exile for the Southern Kingdom, and 430 total is almost exactly how long Solomon's temple stood for. So that's kind of like an additional piece. Um, and you take, verse 9, take wheat, barley, beans lentils everyone who's a chef is like i've been waiting for this type of content this is incredible <laughs> millet and emmer and put them into a single vessel and make bread from them put them into a single vessel and make bread from them so this is really intriguing for um, a variety of reasons um, one of the reasons is have you guys ever had um, ezekiel bread I've seen, yes, yes, yeah, I've yes, seen it in the store. I have. haven't had it. That's my go-to. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good one for sure. It's really and your go-to. Yeah, like that's like when you want a PB and J, you make you use Ezekiel bread. Yeah, really interesting. Because it makes me feel healthy. It's so thick. And is it? Hard. Is it? Are these the ingredients of like modern day Ezekiel bread? Yes, it has like the list on really? the side. Yeah. Oh yeah, it doesn't actually put the verse on uh -huh. underneath it. Of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the bread version of Testaments. Remember testaments? You guys oh, probably don't are you talking about mints? That do you do you remember testaments? <laughs> just just I became a Christian uh, reading a pack of testaments. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> there were these I want to meet the person that gave you them. I worked at a Christian bookstore a, a, a thousand years ago, and there were these things at the register that were mints, but they were yeah. testaments. That's awesome. And it's not. That's it's horrible. Not, it's not. It's not yeah, awesome. It's not a lot of Christian bookstores yeah. are anymore. Well, okay, here's what I'll say about it. The reason I think it's not awesome is for a very specific reason, which is I think that people are like trying to baptize their like awful Christian products and then say like this is Christian because there's a cross on it. And it's like, how about just like make a good mint? Let's They're just, just drop there. shipping. 100%. Mints. Let's make yeah. something that's good and then we'll kind of like move from there. It also feels like such a gotcha. To, like you're the Uber driver, passes you the test of mints, you yeah. know? Yeah. I told people about Jesus today. Oh my God. Yeah. I gave him a testament. Check. Totally. Totally. Okay. So is this like a health food thing? Because I always thought it was like a health food, but also like this to me hasn't been in the category of testaments because testament is like the corny Christian yeah. knockoff. This to me is amazing. I like yeah. this bread. I eat this bread. Um, this to me was in the, whatever the center of the Venn diagram of like definitely homeschooled through college. <laughs> and like, but still actually really cool. That sounds accredited. Like I think the center. <laughs> that's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. Ezekiel bread um, is like a brand you can buy if you guys haven't seen it, but it's basically made from sprouts. And it's intriguing because this is the, they use the exact ingredients from Ezekiel 4.9. Um, here I have from the website, in contrast to most commercial breads, which consists primarily of refined wheat or pulverized whole wheat, Ezekiel bread contains several types of grains and legumes, four types of cereal grains, wheat, millet, barley, and spelt, two types of legumes, just like in the text. And um, Daniel Isaac Block, who's a theologian who I'm gonna reference a lot in this series, said, this is apparently intended not as some exotic Babylonian recipe, but as a siege diet. Food will be so scarce that it will be impossible to get enough flour and vegetable meal together of any one kind to make even one loaf of bread by scraping the bottom of each of the storage barrels. So it's intriguing because the, the bread, Ezekiel 4.9, and people who say that they like it, they're actually doing the opposite of what the text is saying. I like Interesting. it. Interesting. Mm. I think it's good. But what they're saying is, is the reason I like it is because most bread is like so just like processed and awful. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Like yep. if there was unprocessed white or wheat, I usually eat sourdough for that reason. Mm -hmm. But you get what I'm, I'm saying. Right. For people who think this is disgusting, that's actually the point of the text. Mm. The point of the text is like you're not going to have the stuff you want to make right. bread. So you're going to have to like just, bro, throw some millet in there. Hey. 
Now what, I buy it at Trader Joe's. What are the odds that that uh, 2024 sees the the next fad diet is the Siege diet? Yeah, that's fire. I was actually thinking the that. Siege diet. That's so Ezekiel inspirational. Beatles. Yeah, it's a new TikTok Siege trend. workout plan. <laughs> Started <Siege> like <laughs> just pushing iron slabs around. Yeah, but it's like a battering ram. <laughs> totally. For this exercise, you're gonna lie on your side for three hours. <laughs> yeah. And 90 minutes. You're rowing like adds up to four in battle. Oh, I love that. That's so siege good. Diet. Cause I love when people like do the Daniel diet and then like have to talk about it yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I love when people are fasting and they and, post it online mm-hmm. because it's like, there's like two instructions about fasting in the Bible. And one of them is don't say anything. Right. Yeah, don't talk about it. Yeah. In yes. Bible college, we would go down to like the school cafeteria and eat and we'd be like, Oh, why don't you have any food? And the person would be like, I'm fasting. And you'd be like, okay, well like of all the places in the entire world, <laughs> right. why would you go to the place where everyone's like- eating? <laughs> The temptation is real at that and, point. And then that is that is why people didn't it's like me. Show. That is why people didn't <laughs> like me in my undergrad. Show. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. we need is one like medical professional to say studies show that the siege diet's actually the healthiest way. It to feels eat. like Andrew oh, Tate yeah. sort of like siege yeah. diet. Studies. Studies show. <laughs> yeah. And they actually copyrighted Ezekiel four nine, which I think is the funniest thing ever. They have like a little R symbol next to it. And I just Stop. I think that's so ironically hilarious. Like we better yeah. get on that. Totally. Like, yeah, let's copyright the word the Bible. Let's copyright the name of Jesus. Like, what is, like, I just, I think stuff like that is baffling. A lot of money to be made there. Gutenberg's like, excuse me. Totally. (laughs) This is your Ezekiel Bible study brought to you by Ezekiel Bread. Copyright. Patent pending. Um, During the number of days that you lie on your side, 390 days, verse 9, you shall eat it. And you shall eat, uh, the food that you shall eat shall be by weight, 20 shekels a day from day to day you shall eat it. An average shekel, Lamar Cooper says, was 11.4 grams. Ezekiel allotted himself 230 grams of the inferior grade of flour per day of food, the equivalent of about eight ounces. It's a very, very, very small amount of food. So he would have been losing weight at a very rapid pace. To put it in perspective, to make this coffee, I used 60 grams of coffee grounds. So he's only allowed four times that much total food. And you know that if you're using flour, it doesn't make that much bread. It actually gets like smaller. So basically he's like, he's like take, he's eating a piece of bread effectively. Mm. Yeah. He's eating a roll every day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's pretty tough. And then, um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you want to lose weight unless you're gluten-free and eat a piece of bread yeah don't listen to logan those of you at home number one because that's dangerous number two because he's saying the opposite of the point of the text (laughs) it's not a fire diet and if logan had to lay on his side and eat one roll he'd be crying by 2 p.m so his joke would dissipate and it would be completely gone he shows up to content without chick-fil-a and he's like well how am i supposed to work in these conditions and this is logan's last podcast episode how am i supposed to work oh yeah should we make this like survivor where people in the comments get <laughs> the to vote someone off each spoken. week but then Love they vote that. me off so then it's like oh no what are we gonna it's do oh, like, this guy's got the nick content just gets yeah. to talk as long and whatever he wants to do. that'll be a short podcast i don't think you guys <laughs> if <laughs> nick had a podcast where he just said stuff i would sub in a second okay because it would be about it. hilarious <laughs> You know what? It, you know what it'd be good. Nick just scrolling the internet and talking about what he's. I've literally thought about this, like doing a reaction video to the stuff that I see every day. Is totally. this what you do in your office? Totally. Days? No, I'm actually working. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> but I, but on my own time. Yeah. We got to get Nick's office enemy Mallory on the podcast. Mm. For those of you watching, we all work at a church in Gilbert called Mission. And Nick has a frenemy around the office called Mallory. And whenever they're in like a mild conflict, people will leave their office to kind of hear what's going on. Mm. Yeah, it's like brother sister level conflict. Like it's a, a good siege show. Yeah. going yeah. on. It's a siege. Totally. Yeah. Um, verse 11 You shall drink water by measure, the sixth part of a hin. Um, from day to day, you shall drink it. A sixth of a hin is around 20 ounces. Um, and he's in Babylon. So not even remotely enough water to not get sick. Um, Hmm. so why does God have him do this? Why does God have him do something that is, uh, physically painful? Um, because God is giving mercifully the people an opportunity to turn back to him. Number one, because they're going to see that what Ezekiel does and performs is true. Just like you were saying, number two, because God wants to uh, warn people, um, 
the Bible says that God never does something without warning his prophets. And this is just a lost idea in the 21st century. I saw a prophecy from a guy on January of 2020, and he was deep in the spirit and praying. And I know some people have a problem with this. It's okay. You can think differently. He was deep in the spirit praying, and he just said, God is saying that 2020 is the year of digital ministry. And is that not exactly what happened? Mm -hmm. Totally. Right? So I get that like some people prophesy crazy stuff and it's not true and that like distracts people or whatever, but God is constantly communicating still to this day things that he is doing to people with that gifting. And so here uh, Ezekiel is communicating things to the people that will be really helpful to them. Jerusalem's water supply was outside of the city. So during a siege, they would be stuck with whatever they had up until that point. Rationing food rationing water is something that you would have to do in a siege you know what a siege is yeah. mm -hmm. exactly so for, if you don't know what it is it's just when a city is surrounded so you can't leave yeah there's nothing coming in or out exactly so you're stuck with what you have it's like the premise of star wars episode one mm -hmm. it's those those aliens are performing a siege upon mm. yeah queen okay. amidala's planet yes right Yes. Logan's like, oh, whoa. Like, it just clicks for <laughs> Everything Finally. makes sense now. I thought, I thought Siege was just, like, all-out attack. But no, it's more of, like, you, an embargo. If you've ever played, like, yeah, a like exactly. a, like a real-time strategy game. Yeah. Like, like computer game, you surround, the, like, you cut off the trade, anything. Come, any any city of any size at some point is going gonna, is gonna to die off, put under Siege long enough. Totally. And imagine, like, you, you have a limited amount of soldiers and you don't want to lose them. So a siege is actually, like, from a military perspective, a very intelligent way of doing it. You have the time and right. you can keep feeding your soldiers. Out. So you just surround the city. They're stuck. Mm. And then you just wait and they give up. And there's right. actually less death. So it's safer for your soldiers and you can retain more people. Yeah. We live in Phoenix. Imagine if there was nothing allowed to come in or out of Phoenix for mm. an extended period of time. And that's by air, by land, I mean, by sea, obviously. But, yeah. you know, at some point, we're going to run out of water. Like, you know, they block off our canals. You know, we're, we're not going to be able to get access to internet, all kinds of stuff. Totally. At some point, it happens. We would be, I mean, we would be literally, like, eating cacti within, like, three days. I would yeah. be. Yeah. I'd be, like, crying and being like, where's my McNuggets? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially like, if they block the internet. Then it Whole Foods would be like, yes. The, this cactus is at a reduced price now. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like like old people that love making fun of my generation for being weak would be proven right. <laughs> I would they I would just be weeping like into my laptop. Boomers would be the worst in that situation though. Oh, totally. They would be so entitled about how they, they get the first of this cactus to eat. Totally. Because yeah. they earned it. They earned it. Um, they'd be stockpiling it. Exactly. So we did the... Um, water um you shall eat it as a barley cake baking it in their sight on human dung yeah so <laughs> why horrible why is this the part that you said when you when you said you read ahead is this the part you were referencing i didn't read this far yet but human mine says human excrement yours yeah. says human dung yeah exactly and so there's <laughs> it, it's a <laughs> same thing different impact it's a twofold purpose number one it's horrible um, and it's the kind of thing you'd have to do if you had no more wood because you burned all the wood, but you mm -hmm. still had food left, but you couldn't eat it raw. Number two, it's against the uh, Levitical and yeah, Deuteronomy yeah, yeah. Totally. code. Right. And so God is having him show them how bad things would be getting. Yeah. Keep in mind, they're already in exile, right? So he's showing them, those people there, what the other people will be going through. And the Lord said... Thus the people of Israel um, shall eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will drive them. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I've never defiled myself. That means that he has never um, disobeyed the law. Um, uh, from my youth up till now, I've never eaten what died of itself or was torn by beasts, nor has tainted meat come into my mouth. He's like, I have obeyed you know, kosher. I've, I've kept kosher effectively is the way people would say it now. Verse 15. Then he said to me, see, I assigned to you cow's dung instead of human dung on which you prepare your bread, which is so sad, yes, which is so sad because it's like, it's like the upgrade that right. he gets is so difficult. And to this, I say like, who wants to become a prophet? Like this <laughs> is so 
It's just gross. I just I appreciate that we we don't hear very very little pushback from Ezekiel in this entire thing yeah. until it's like we need you to eat your own poo. And yeah. then he's like, okay, time out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, on. wait a minute. Well, not not eat it. Not eat it. Yeah. Cook, cook your food yeah. over it. Yeah. So like, cook your food over it. So it's so it's like baked into what to this horrible biscuit that you get yeah. to eat. You once thought a microwaves day. were bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just I just love the the humanity here of Ezekiel going, okay, time out, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Now I have questions, and and there and there's even this like give and take too. Like I appreciate the the. Um, almost the sovereignty of God in this to go, okay, fair enough. We'll use, we'll use, we'll use cow dung instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll sad. do you one better. It's, still sad. it's sad because like, what is he supposed to do? Be like, oh yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Like, that's better. Yeah. So here, so here he is like weighing out the food. I, um, that's cool. I, 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 I worked with the artist to not illustrate the, the <laughs> dung portion. I just, you know, I'm sure Casey appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Casey. <laughs> Shout out Casey Fritz. So, yeah, you anyone who's watching this, you should follow Casey Fritz on Instagram. He is like he's he's like pretty he's pretty a pretty intense artist. He actually makes horror comic books. And so I know that that's like not something that everybody would like and that's totally fine, but when I came, when I came to this project, I was like, wow, like these are like weird intense things that God has asked this guy to do. Like, let's get this let's get this wild artist to yeah, do this. Yeah. That's great. And so um, moreover, he said to me, son of man, verse 16, I will break the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety. They shall drink water by measure and in dismay. Now, why would they be eating bread with anxiety? Because you would be anxious because every bite you're taking is a bite you won't have in the future. Wow. And why would you drink with dismay? Because every drink you have is one less drink of water wow. for you and your family. Um, verse 17, I will do this be, uh, that they may lack bread and water and look at one another in dismay and will rot away because of their punishment. Theodoret of Seir, who's a, an ancient church father, said, So just as the God of the universe providentially ordered each one of these things to be done for the good of those who live carelessly, so he arranged this extraordinary novelty to draw everyone by its strangeness to the spectacle and make his counsel persuasive to those who come. The novelty of the spectacle is a reliable guarantee of the instruction it can give, and whoever comes to the spectacle leaves instructed in divine matters. Mm. Do you get what he's saying? Mm -hmm. He's saying exactly what you instinctively said mm -hmm. when we were talking about the passage. You were like, oh, wow, so people are like, going to come watch this yeah. and not know what to do with it. Exactly. And that's why I see this as such a merciful thing on behalf of God, mm -hmm. because God could just say, go read Deuteronomy again. It'll explain all of this. But God is mercifully giving these people another opportunity, not just with words, but with pictures and mm -hmm. visuals to the incredible detriment of Ezekiel. Um, chapter five. And you, O son of man, take a sharp sword, use it as a barber's razor and pass it over your head and beard. And then take balances for weighing and divide the hair. You know, Ezekiel, I don't think you look crazy enough. <laughs> I don't think you look crazy enough. And so we're going to have you look even crazier. We're going to have you do something that's absolutely ridiculous. You are going to now shave your head, right? This poor guy. He this, poor guy. this poor guy. Yeah. Here he is. The hair in his hand. You know, this poor guy. Wow. Just a jacked up beard, hair. Weight, uh, when it says you will weigh the hair, weight is often used as a symbol of judgment because of the lack thereof. Like, I know that, like, Kanye West is not, like, the most, like, favored person in society right now, um, but it is, like, he's an example of a person that I think can help people understand, like, what Ezekiel is doing. When someone is doing something artistically that is so obviously about talk, talking about it and stirring up a conversation, mm. like that is what he is doing. Does that make sense? Like yeah. he is doing things that are gonna get all the people talking. They're like, well, did you see what Ezekiel did today? This stuff is wild. Like what on earth, right? And he's a prophet and people know he's a prophet, right? So there's this like, oh my gosh, I hope he's lost it. Right. Yeah. I hope he's not right. I hope mm. this isn't going to happen. Yep. Mm. You know. Well, and there's inevitably there there'll be people who are a he he's yeah he's crazy. Poor Ezekiel's lost his mind. Mm -hmm. 
I think the majority of people are in between like you going, okay, but what if he's, what if he's got a point here? And then like yeah. skeptics like me would be like, all right, what's the angle? You know, like yeah. with Kanye, he's selling shoes and records and stuff. Totally. What's you know, the angle? That's interesting. He's elevating his personal brand with totally. Ezekiel. He's just completely sacrificing his personal brand, whatever shred of dignity yeah. and like mandate he had to, you know, be a, an upstanding member of society was gone when he started lying in the street playing with with city toys and shaving his head and cooking food over dung. You're so right. And that's the tension of the text. And to me as a skeptic, that would make me see him and go, okay, there's no angle. So my two choices are he's nuts or he's got a point here. And then I factor right. in yeah. Deuteronomy and like, right. okay, now we have two sort of things converging, pointing mm-hmm. to the same deal. And I see it, 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 it makes sense. It's, it's brilliant why God would, would use this as yeah. a way of communicating to people. Yeah, totally. I do think that like it, intuitive people that think inductively would get to where you've gotten. Yeah. They would think, okay, he's crazy or he's right. And I don't think he's crazy. Mm-hmm. So dot, 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 this not good. No like. Yeah. <laughs> should listen. Should listen. Won't. Should. <laughs> Will not. Should. But you should. Could. <laughs> won't. But should, yeah. which, which is why God says that he is with with wisdom here. That's right. You know, like oh. if you have that's the ability right. to figure this out, listen. Totally. Exactly. Man, that's good. That's a really good insight that I hadn't thought of. And the third part, verse two, you shall scatter to the wind and I will unsheath the sword after them. And a third uh, sm- and you shall take these a uh, small number and bind them in the skirts of your robe. And of these, again, you shall take some and cast them in the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire and a fire will come out into all the house of Israel. So this is, you know, really difficult for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is that he is um, is showing them what is going to happen to the people of Israel. His hairs are the people of Israel, um, that this is what's going to happen during the siege. So um, and then we come he comes. uh, God comes back to this. Um, there also is a Levitical command against uh, Levites shaving themselves in this manner. Mm. So he is doing something that is so outside the realm of what is acceptable. Like when Micah or Isaiah had to go prophesy naked, that God is having him do something that is so outside the realm that it will gather even more attention. Mm-hmm. So like what's like a social, like being naked is obviously one in our society, but it's like a, it's a bit you know, more, more awkward perhaps to talk about, but what's one, like, what's a social thing that like no one breaks? Like, like screaming during like an event, yeah. like screaming during a okay, movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like I no know one breaks that being right? on your phone in a movie theater. Yeah. I, I know some like really charismatic people who are like deep into evangelism. Is this like your story on the last episode that we had to edit out, or is this going to be is this going to be one that people at all This will be appropriate. See? Okay, but they um, we don't believe you, but go ahead. We were just talking about this last <laughs> night. They were like pressuring their friend. They were peer pressuring their friend out of almost like guilt to stand on the table and preach the gospel in and out. I've seen it happen once in real life, and I've heard about it a few times that they'll be like, "Oh, you love like." Oh, you're not ashamed of the gospel. They go stand on this table in and out right now. Like do it. And they're just like fired up from the, the previous uh, Christian event they were just at. So it, it's like peer pressure and it's like, okay, I'll just do it. And then they do it. And it's like so bad. Well, two things. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good example of being socially inappropriate. It um, is. That's a perfect, perfect example. example. Yeah. I, I feel like you don't need to do that in and out because you're already eating fries and burgers with Bible verses on them. <laughs> so it's kind of already preaching. The testament. The, yeah, maybe the go to qual- Taco Bell in Deep Phoenix yeah. and do Taco that. Taco Bell on the other hand. Totally. <laughs> like when you're at in and out it's like the quality of the food is communicating the glory of God. Exactly. When you're at Taco Bell, the quality of the food is communicating <laughs> that Satan runs the world. Yeah. <laughs> Exile. Yeah. That's actually a really good example. It's something that's like, ugh, like everyone feels like group anxiety when someone does that. Because it's like totally. it, it's inappropriate. It, yeah. it breaks and if people, the matrix. It does. And <laughs> if people want to do that, I would just ask you this question. Have you ever met a person who got saved as a result of someone doing something oh. like that? Totally. Because I personally don't think that like handing out those like million dollar bill tracks in cities, <laughs> I don't personally, 
I don't think that accomplishes anything. And God bless you if you do. Do not sin against your conscience. But I don't think it accomplishes anything because I've never met a person who got saved because of one of those. I think if someone's like, oh, you're not ashamed of the gospel, why don't you go sit with someone, listen to their story for a half hour, and then tell them your story about God? To me, that is like the actual outgrowth of that. Or like the people on the planes, like you see the videos of the, you know, the people coming back from the mission trip and they like take over the flight and start singing worship. And totally. It's always from the angle of the person who's just like coming back from a business trip and they're just annoyed. Totally. And, and then it's like, I okay. want to have nothing to do with whatever it is you're singing about. And then yeah. Christians <laughs> are like stunned that people don't want to attend church. We're being yeah. persecuted. Yeah. It's like a heavy <laughs> dose <laughs> of like rejection therapy. Totally. Yeah. To someone, just... someone didn't want to, to hear me sing. How great is our God at 20,000 feet while they're sleeping? Right. I'm being persecuted. <laughs> This is persecution for the name of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in Southeast Asia is in jail. They're like, no, 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 this is persecution. Yeah. This is persecution. I know what it's like to be in the in the arena with the early Christians now. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like someone is like, yeah, it must have been crazy to be a Christian in the, in the first century. Someone's like, yeah, totally. I got cut off in traffic last week because of the the fish sticker on my car. <laughs> Somebody fish flipped me sticker. off. And it's like, I don't think that's why they're honking, yeah. Charlene. Yeah. I don't think that's why they're honking. I think they're making a direct comment about the quality of your driving. I hate mm. the Christian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, verse 5, thus says the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. What a horrifying verse. What a terrifying verse. This is the ancient city of God. Jerusalem, of course, is the place where Abraham was going to offer Isaac right there on the Temple Mount. Um, Jerusalem is the place where Jesus uh, flipped the tables, where the Mount of Olives is. Um, God is saying, this is Jerusalem. What a horrifying statement. You know, I don't know if you have affection for the city you grew up in. I do. I love Chicago, right? And I remember post 9-11 being in Chicago, going to Moody Bible Institute and thinking almost every day, I wonder if something like that's going to happen again here mm -hmm. because you're seeing this massive city and you're seeing like, oh my gosh, like I love this city. I never want anything to happen to it, right? And these people have much more of a national identity than any American ever could um, because of the length of time and because of the spiritual connections that are inherent to being a Jew. And so when God, when God says this is Jerusalem, oh, you can just feel your, your heart drop, right? And the people are listening. They're like, good Lord, I hope not. I thought, I was hoping we were going to go back this year. I was hoping God was going to end the exile this year, right? And mm -hmm. he's like, no, 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 no. This is Jerusalem. Wow. I've set her in the center of the nations with countries all around her. You see that in the first three chapters of the book of Amos. Verse six, and she has rebelled against my rules by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than the countries all around her. For they have rejected my rules and have not walked in my statutes. Correct. Correct. That is one of the moves of the Old Testament that you have to understand if you're going to understand the Old Testament, that the law was there and they didn't listen to it. Right obey and be blessed, disobey and be cursed. That's the covenant with Moses. It's mm -hmm. not like one isolated line. It's in there 200 times. Anyone who would read it would get that. Verse 7. Um, Therefore, thus says the Lord, because you are more turbulent than the nations, the, the word turbulent there in Hebrew, we should bring that word back. Yeah. The word turbulent is a loud and confused crowd. Right? Really? Okay. I like That's it. what that word is. Um, that, the, that are all around you have not walked in my statutes or obeyed my rules. That's going to be um, chapters 25 through 34. We're going to be talking about the nations. And have not acted according to the rules of the nations that are all around you. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I, even I, am against you. That's one of the most terrifying statements uh, in the entire Bible. I have that. I have a top five most terrifying things said in the book of Ezekiel. That one is in the top five. Uh, I... Even I am against you, um, and I will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations, right? And because of all your abominations, I will do with you what I've uh, never yet done, and the like of which I will never do again. Therefore, fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers, I will execute judgments on you, and any of you who survive, I will scatter to the winds. And not only is God saying that in the siege, people will resort to cannibalism, interfamily cannibalism. 
God is saying something that was directly prophesied in Deuteronomy 28:53. It says, and you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters in the siege and in the distress with which wow. your enemies shall distress you. Goodness. So God, people should have been reading verses like that and being like, hold on a sec. Let's like not wear cotton poly blend shirts. Let's just <laughs> obey the text. Yeah. Yeah, Let's obey wow. the covenant, Let's right? Let's shave our sideburns. Exactly. And it's 700 years of this stuff, yeah. right? America isn't, even, America isn't even 300 years old. 700 years is a long time mm. to not do the right thing. Um, and obviously wow. some people did, but, but not most of them. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, because you've defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations... So this is referencing um, uh, Baal worship, um, and um, this is one of the um, five times that Ezekiel is referenced in the New Testament. So um, here, Ezekiel 5.11 is referenced in Romans 14.11, and then there's another um, four more after that. The, uh, three of the five are from Ezekiel 37, which is the dry bones passage, which is the best one. Um, therefore, I will withdraw my I will not spare verse 11 and I will have no pity a third part of you will die of pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst a third part shall fall by the sword all around you and a third part I will scatter to the winds and will unsheath the sword after them thus shall my anger spend itself and I will vent my fury upon them and satisfy myself for they will know that I am the Lord for I have spoken in my jealousy jealousy there is divine righteous passionate anger when I will spend my fury upon them. Moreover, I will make you a desolation, an object of reproach among the nations all around you, and in the sight of all who pass by, you will be a reproach and a taunt, a warning and a horror to the nations all around you. When I execute judgments on you in anger and fury with furious rebukes, I am the Lord, I have spoken. Um, when I send against you the deadly arrows of famine, arrows for destruction, then I will uh, send, which I will send to destroy you. And when I bring more and more famine upon you and break your supply of bread, I will send famine and wild beasts against you, and they will rob you of your children. Pestilence and blood shall pass through you, and I will bring the sword upon you. And then you're like, oh, I get why people don't study this book. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. get it. And it gets way worse in chapter 16 and way worse in chapter 23. Mm -hmm. um, chapter 23 is so aggressive that I might ask that we don't have a woman on us with us that day because I will just be like, I don't want to read it. Or we'll just make Logan read all those passages. <laughs> how how does it get more worse than like you're going to eat your own children? Uh, it, it, not, not in that same direction, but it gets worse in a different direction. So this is the fulfillment of Deuteronomy 32. 23 through 25 I will heap disaster upon them I will spend my arrows on them they will be wasted with hunger plague pestilence beasts all of that stuff it's all right there and then it says at the end of the text I am the Lord I have spoken and so what we're seeing here is we are seeing um, the part of righteousness and the part of love that people don't like um, everyone loves John chapter 10 but God in his righteousness and in his justice is acting in complete righteousness towards his people. And um, this, is, this is why people don't teach passages like this. And this is why people don't study passages like this. Because it is um, a, a fully orbed view of the character of God, the righteous character of God. And people want God to be, you know, love dad. And he is, right? He is, mm -hmm. right? But when someone breaks into love dad's house, he goes and gets the gun, right? Yeah. And he's still love dad. Right. That's part of it, hmm. right? And so um, it's, it's a difficult passage. Does anybody have any thoughts or any questions or anything to share? I just love that anytime God says, I'm going to do something and I'll never do it again. It's like the most drastic thing ever. Like he said it with Noah and the ark, like I'm going to flood the world That's and good. I'll never do it again. And this time I'm going to make you eat part of your family and cannibalism and plague. And I'm going to make you basically hate the life that you live in, but I'll never do it again. Yeah. Well, he's not going to make them do the cannibalism thing. He's like, you will resort you will to that. But I get okay. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens next. Yeah. This is uh not a passage you see on too many church vision statements. No. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It There's doesn't no go stickers. good on a t-shirt. <laughs> totally. It doesn't go yeah. good on the mints. So-and-so hey. community church, Ezekiel chapter 5. 
Yeah. Totally. Guys, it's been a great Easter, and we just want you guys all to come back. So we're going to be doing a series on Ezekiel 5 for the next couple months, and yeah. we're hoping that you guys come back. And that's when church attendance drops. Totally. We're calling it yeah. The Walking Dead. Yeah, totally. And we're starting a series. This this sermon is called Cannibalism and the Bible, Everything mm -hmm. You Need to Know. Wow. Yeah. That's right. So you guys can stop emailing me every day asking <laughs> for the series on Ezekiel 5. It never stops. <laughs> I can't delete them fast enough. People are like, teach In us flux. this chapter. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for watching. Um, we appreciate it. Yeah, wherever you're watching, um, we would encourage you to follow, subscribe, um, all of that jazz. Leave us a comment. And if this has been a blessing to you or if this series has been a blessing to you um, it would mean a lot to us and to our team if you would like and share um, it's an opportunity to share content with other people and certainly anyone whom you share Ezekiel chapter 5 with will know that you are a real deal Bible student you're a Christian exactly I can't wait to see the YouTube stats on this it's gonna be like watch time Chapter four, chapter five. Whoa. Yeah. Also, uh, Taco Bell, we love you. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. we don't. I but. I don't. I just so We love you. We're just not in love with you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Come on. We'd totally. be better off as friends. Totally. Imagine, imagine saying that you believe that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and then feeding that temple Taco Bell. Just imagine <laughs> those two things coexisting. And imagine not thinking that's sin against your body. Yeah. Well, I right? heard they use human dung for their grill. Wow. That's, Oof. you heard it here first, breaking <laughs> yeah. news. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. Unsubscribe. <laughs> All right, thank you guys Bye. for watching 1189, and we'll see you next time.